Hello and welcome to another episode of Travelosophy. I'm your host, Jade Jackson, and in today's podcast, I'll be taking you to the Philippines. If you've already subscribed to Travelosophy, be sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcasting app. And if you'd like bonus episodes and ad-free blog posts, it's really easy. Head over to patreon.com forward slash Jade Jackson. And for a few bucks a month, you can show your support for the podcast and receive exclusive access to content you won't find elsewhere. Before we move on, a big shout out to Cherry from New Zealand. Yay! For signing up to Patreon to support this show. Thank you so much. And if you want the world to know how generous you are, head to patreon.com slash jjackson. Also, some exciting news. I've just launched a brand new podcast called Jade Talks Stuff, which features topics as diverse as anything and everything. The first episode is about sharks, including my experiences diving with hammerheads and whale sharks, amongst numerous other species. The second episode is about water and the potential water wars we may face. And the third is all about clouds, because I love them. They're incredible. It's live on iTunes and Google Podcasts, or you can find episodes on my website, jjackson.com.au. Now, onto the show. Most backpackers are familiar with the tourism hubs of Thailand and Vietnam for beautiful beaches, cheap massages, and incredible food. But there's another destination that has all of these without the hordes of tourists, and that is the Philippines. I always pay attention to tourism slogans, knowing the effort that goes into a good one, And when you have a tourism slogan like, it's more fun in the Philippines, you simply can't argue with that. I visited as I wanted an inexpensive tropical holiday that offered great food, cheap massages, excellent snorkeling with a little bit of shopping, and the Philippines delivered on all fronts. I paid 730 return with Qantas from Sydney to Manila, which I thought was reasonable, However, I've since discovered discounted fares with Cebu Pacific for under 400 return. From LA, you can find flights for under 800 bucks, including taxes. Or from London, you can find flights for under 400 pounds. The hardest part about planning a trip to the Philippines is there are so many islands. How do you know which ones to visit? I didn't plan. I just arrived with a hotel booked and then figured it out once I was there, as I was flat out with work up until the time I left. However, I also conveniently ran into a cousin on the flight over who lives in Manila. So he was able to make some recommendations, which helped immensely. But I had the Lonely Planet guidebook, and each night I'd read up and plan my next day. The more you read up about each island, the more islands you'll want to visit and the longer your to-do list will become. Most flights will take you to Manila, which is on the island of Luzon. Manila is a bustling, traffic-filled metropolis. On arrival, it took over four hours to get from the airport to my hotel in downtown Ortigas, which is a suburb of Manila, because the traffic was pretty much at a standstill. This wasn't because of roadworks or an accident. This was just a typical Wednesday evening in Manila. And it's not like we're talking huge distances either. It was only 12 kilometres from the airport to my hotel. As a comparison, returning to the airport weeks later only took 30 minutes because it was a Sunday and everyone was at church. So 
If you plan on travelling to or from the airport in Manila, make it a Sunday morning because you'll have the quickest trip. The traffic situation in Manila really dictates how much you can see in a day. I was there in November and it was hot, like over 35 degrees Celsius, which is about 90 Fahrenheit, plus humidity as well. So walking wasn't overly pleasant. Thankfully, taxis are cheap, averaging about $10 a trip. And as driving is slow going, you can easily read a book without getting car sick. There is a metro line, but to change lines you had to get off and buy a new ticket. And it seemed to be just as slow as driving. And it was hot. So I caught it once, but then went back to taxis. If you want to experience Manila like a local, then you must take a jeepney, which is an open-air bus crossed with a jeep. They're easily spotted with bright colours and paint, and they're really cheap but you also need to be familiar with where you're going. And they are incredibly squishy, especially if you're tall like me. I caught a couple of jeepneys for the experience, but often to get to a destination, you need to get off and change jeepneys, adding to an already long trip. So sometimes it was just easier and more convenient to take a taxi. So before I arrived in Manila, I had zero idea about the traffic. It wasn't mentioned anywhere. So an important lesson is travel brochures, websites, and especially Instagram will only show you the pretty side to any destination. There's always at least two sides to every story. Make sure you know the full story of any destination. Ask the question, what's something only a local would know? There's plenty of Facebook groups you can join for any destination. Most of these have locals amongst them. I know a lot of people use TripAdvisor to research a destination. But scanning through posts for Manila, no one mentions the traffic because they're only reviewing specific attractions. I also subscribe and follow local newspapers on Facebook in the lead up to going somewhere so you can get a feel on some of the things going on in a city you're about to visit because often news from other cities won't make it to local news in your home country. I know I mention news a lot, in case you hadn't noticed, I'm a bit addicted to news. Anyway, So I stayed in Ortigas, and Ortigas is a modern suburb with a couple of shopping malls, loads of eateries, and it's spotlessly clean. At night, when it was a bit cooler, it was a really pleasant area to wander, and it was quite lively. However, most of the historic sites are around Intramuros area, including Casa Manila, which is a museum showcasing Spanish colonial lifestyles. Nearby, you've got Fort Santiago, which boasts a quiet garden, and makes a nice escape from the traffic. There's an old prison and nice views over the harbour and some tourist shops. When you're sitting in traffic for hours, it's really nice just to escape into some greenery. However, if you really want to escape the heat, head to Manila Ocean Park. It's indoors with air conditioning. Unlike Hong Kong, there's no rides, but there's plenty of tropical fish, both local and foreign, plus sharks, of course, and a really cool jellyfish room. The tanks change from red to blue to green to yellow with different coloured lights, and there's also classical music playing in the background. Because the Philippines has been taken over by multiple countries throughout the years, Philippine food is a mishmash of Spanish, Chinese, German and American food. One thing you'll notice is chain restaurants everywhere selling everything from chicken wings to corn to sausages. However, with the American influence also comes incredible ribs. Probably the best ones I had were at TGI Fridays, but another chain called Rax, as in R-A-C-K-S, was pretty good as well. And always one for a good slogan. The slogan for Rax was, Rax, it falls off the bone. As for shopping, 
Philippines is perfect if you're petite. You'll love clothes shopping. Personally, as a tall and fairly large Westerner, I did find stuff at Old Navy, which we don't have in Australia, but most department stores I went into just to see what they had, and the men's section, their shirts start at XXXXX small, which is basically to fit the equivalent of a five-year-old kid in Australia. Needless to say, department stores didn't have clothes for my size. However, shopping centres did have Tesco's and Marks and Spencer from the UK, which, if you're a traveller like me, is always a novelty because we don't have those in Australia. Often, department stores in the Philippines have whole sections dedicated to souvenirs, but if you see something you like, always get it because it may not appear elsewhere, especially if it's handmade. Getting to other islands is pretty easy. You can fly or catch a ferry. AirAsia X, Cebu Pacific and Philippine Airlines operate domestically and we're all reasonably priced. Of course, like all budget airlines, travel light and book in advance for the cheapest fares. However, if you're on a tight budget, you may wish to consider a ferry. Like the buses, not all ferries can be booked online and some ferries are pretty old, but travelling domestically wasn't an issue without pre-bookings. In many cases, I just turned up and bought a ticket, especially with buses as there's regular departures. Before I went to the Philippines, I was kind of freaked out that I didn't have my whole trip already booked and planned, and every whenever I tried to look online to book something, it didn't seem possible to book it online. So don't stress out if you can't book buses or ferries online, because you can easily buy a ticket on arrival. When I went to the Philippines, the Australian government warned against travelling by ferry. In fact, they pretty much warned against travelling to the Philippines in general, but much of that was specifically about the southern island Mindanao. However, I met many locals from there, and they all said the same thing, that it's beautiful, and it's all just locals going about their daily business. Of course, it's a good idea to check for any travel advice or warnings, but in my whole time in the Philippines, not once did I feel threatened or scared or in any danger. But, funny story. So, Smart Traveller website warns against potential kidnappings of tourists in the southern and western area of Mindanao. They also say don't travel by boat near these areas. So when I was in Bohol, my hotel was on the southern side of the island, which essentially faces Mindanao. And one night I woke up and it sounded like someone was trying to break in. And I panicked and was like, oh no, I'm about to get kidnapped. But after a while, no one had broken in. And I was like, well, what's going on? So I jumped up to have a look. Turned out there was this teeny grey kitten that was chasing moths. And every time it landed on the glass door, its claws bumped the door. And that was the noise I heard. In some cases, though, like to get from Bohol to Cebu, ferry was the only option without going back via Manila. The ferry I travelled on was modern, and they played movies, and there was a kiosk selling drinks and snacks. Of course, the shorter the distance, generally the newer the ferry. So often for the long distances where it's overnight, the ferries can be quite old. Because the Philippines is predominantly Catholic, don't be surprised if amongst the safety demonstrations, they also say a prayer for safe travel. On one flight, the pilot said a Hail Mary over the intercom before we took off, and I had the same thing happen on a ferry. The first time I encountered this, I was like, ah, is that really a good sign if the pilot's saying prayers? But I arrived safe and sound, so I guess it worked. So, 
how do you choose which islands to visit? It largely depends on the type of holiday you're after. If you want simple and cheap without modern resorts, head to Palawan. Bohol is a popular tourist destination which features the Chocolate Hills. And Cebu offers unique diving experiences and incredible reef snorkeling. You could easily spend months exploring multiple islands. But if you've only got a few weeks, pick one or two islands and take it slow so you feel like you have more of a relaxing holiday. After Manila, I flew to Tagbalaran, which is on the island of Bohol. I stayed at the Bohol South Beach Hotel, which was right on the beach. I had an infinity pool outside my room, and it also included breakfast on the rooftop terrace, which was absolutely divine. It was far enough away from Alona Beach, which is the main tourist trip, to be quiet, but close enough that I could head in for dinner or pick up supplies. The hotel had a shuttle service, which dropped you at Alona, or for like $15 a day, I hired a scooter from them, which meant I could head off and explore whenever I wanted. However, the main reason to visit Bohol is because of the Chocolate Hills. Contrary to their name, they are deceptively not made of chocolate. They are grass-covered limestone mounds, and the grass turns brown in summer, hence the name Chocolate Hills. They are spectacular to see, and there's a viewing centre with a cafe so you can get that perfect selfie. The drive from Alona Beach to the Chocolate Hills is just over an hour, but takes you through some really picturesque seaside villages and Spanish colonial stone churches, so it's worthwhile having your own transport, like a scooter, so you can stop wherever you like. As a comparison, so a scooter is about $15 to $20 a day, a private car is about $150. Towards the town of Corella is the Tajier Sanctuary. A Tajier is a small marsupial, kind of like a mini monkey that has large eyes and it's the only marsupial that catches live prey. It can turn its head almost 360 degrees and is nocturnal. However, the remarkable thing about these creatures is they can't be kept in captivity because they commit suicide, which is both terribly depressing but also fascinating. The sanctuary has a fence to protect them from predators, but which allows them to escape to hunt. And the guides generally know where they are, so if you pop in, they can take you directly to see them. Usually during the day, they're sleeping. However, if you want to see them more active, you can arrange a night tour. The visitor centre has some posters around with information, but make sure you ask to watch the video. There's a David Attenborough documentary about Tajiers that is fascinating. They have a couple of souvenirs, but there's a much better range at the department store in Tagbalaran. Now... I know some people say, what's the point of doing things on holiday you could easily do at home? But holidays are about enjoyment. So if I enjoy going to the movies, and I'm going to do it on holidays as well. Especially in the Philippines, because it's really cheap, and they have all the modern blockbusters. Filipinos love to shop, and most shopping centres have cinemas. It was generally less than $10 to see a movie, and in Tagbalaran, it was less than $5 to see a movie. You can't argue with that. Also, attached to the shopping centre is a McDonald's in Tagbalaran. And I know, I know, what's the point of going ACs if you go to McDonald's? But in the Philippines, Maccas serve spaghetti bolognese and they serve gravy with your fries. And there's a guy that walks around to the tables to top up your gravy. Plus, you can also opt for rice instead of fries. So Maccas in the Philippines is a unique experience in itself. Riding a scooter around Bohol was pretty simple. And it's difficult to get lost as there's only one main road around the island and a couple of roads that cross through. 
However, on Panglao Island, which is a small island adjacent to Bahol, where most of the beach resorts are, I did miss a turnoff, and it was dark, and I knew I wasn't on the right road when the bitumen turned into a dirt road. But in the Philippines, everyone I encountered spoke English, even in tiny villages. So no matter who I asked, I had no trouble getting pointed in the right direction. On my last evening in Bahol, I was exhausted from exploring, but I thought I should probably go and take some photos at sunset because the water was really calm and I hadn't taken any beach photos. And there wasn't a lot of colour in the sky, but the water was like glass and perfectly reflected the clouds and the sunset. I was tiptoeing through the water so as not to cause any ripples, and in the distance I saw some kids running towards the water. I had about three seconds before the kids spread out over the water. One of them had a boat, and these kids were the missing piece to my sunset photo. It ended up being my favourite photo from my entire Philippines trip, and still one of my favourite photos of all time. So no matter how tired you are, how crappy the weather, always, always go out and take that photo, because you never know, it might be your greatest treasure yet. You can find that photo that I was just referencing in my Philippines blog post on my website. And if you'd like an HD digital download to print at home, just head to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash jadejackson. Cebu City on the island of Cebu is pretty much like a smaller version of Manila, except there wasn't much to see in terms of attractions or sites. It's less busy and has a beautiful shopping centre with outdoor gardens and restaurants, but the island itself is famous for shark diving. I went snorkeling with the whale sharks in Oslo, which is a little bit controversial amongst animal activists because the local fishermen feed them, which means they hang around, which means sightings are guaranteed. However, the Philippines is a really poor country. Average salary is about $300 a month, and the whale sharks provide employment for hundreds of locals. Besides, by keeping the whale sharks within Philippine waters means they're protected from illegal shark finners out in international waters. Anyway, they're sharks, they're in the ocean. If they didn't like it, they wouldn't be there, they'd go somewhere else. And of course, I of anyone would want these incredible sharks protected. But in Oslob, the other thing you notice is there is mostly local Filipino tourists who are participating because it's affordable. And at the end of the day, the more people that see whale sharks in the wild, the more people will want to protect them. My uncle recently swam with the whale sharks in Western Australia, and they had to go out on three separate trips before they actually saw them. And it cost 10 times what it does in the Philippines. No matter where you swim with the whale sharks, it's an incredible experience. They are so peaceful and majestic. There's nothing scary about them at all. If you want to know more about sharks, check out my podcast, Jade Talks Stuff, and I've dedicated an entire episode to sharks. Getting to Oslob in Cebu to swim with the whale sharks is pretty straightforward. Buses go regularly from the South Cebu bus station, and it took about three hours. The earlier you leave, the quicker it is because there's less traffic and you buy a ticket on the bus, and it was cheap, like only a few dollars. You're better off staying overnight in Oslob and heading out first thing in the morning as visibility is clearer early in the day. Although there's not much in Oslop, it's pretty small. There are a couple of restaurants and markets. Around the other side of Cebu is Moal Boal, which isn't much on first observations. But 10 minutes out of town is the Asian Belgian Resort, which has simple bungalows overlooking the water and its own reef, which is only metres from shore. 
It has its own dive shop. But what I loved most was being able to walk out of my room, down a few steps, and about 20 metres out, there was a clean, bright, colourful reef filled with corals, fish and turtles. I stayed there for about three or four nights, and each day I would spend a couple of hours just floating up and down the reef, come back in for lunch, a little nap, and then head back out in the afternoon. That was what I wanted out of my Philippines trip, and I've never stayed in a hotel that had such spectacular snorkeling, so close and with such easy access. A big call, but dare I say, it was possibly better than the Great Barrier Reef. Not only was it a beautiful reef, but it was cheap to stay there, about 80 bucks a night. It wasn't a luxurious resort, but the main reason I went to the Philippines was snorkeling, and this was by far the best snorkeling I experienced, apart from the whale sharks, of course. Adjacent to the resort was a house that rented scooters, which made it easy to duck into town to go to the supermarket. From Moal Boal, buses will take you back to Cebu City, and they come by regularly. And again, you can just buy a ticket on the bus. So there's plenty of other islands to visit in the Philippines, and you could easily visit multiple times and have a different experience each trip. But Cebu and Bohol should definitely be on your list. You might have heard about Boracay, which is one of the most Instagram places because of its pure white sand and turquoise water. However, Boracay has been closed down to tourists to allow them to clean it up. It may sound harsh, but it's a classic case of how tourism does need to be managed in remote areas to ensure the pristine environment is looked after. I read an article that it's due to open again in October, and the beach famous in the movie The Beach in Thailand also was shut down, which is going to be a whole other podcast episode as well. So, biggest lessons from the Philippines. When in Manila, allow for a two-hour taxi trip to get anywhere as a minimum. Knowing that in advance means you'll be less stressed when it happens. Take a book or use the opportunity to find out the local goss from your taxi driver. Take your own snorkeling gear because you'll be using it a lot and it's much nicer to have your own gear. Buying a mask from a dive shop might be a little bit more expensive but it means you can try it on first so you'll get one that fits and is comfortable. Although if you're in a big city like Sydney or Melbourne, Decathlon has really cheap dive gear that you can also try on. I know this goes against other advice I may have given but in the Philippines... Don't stress if you don't have everything booked in advance, as some things like transport can easily be booked locally. Lastly, what you pay for a one-hour massage in Sydney will get you a massage every day on a 10-day holiday in the Philippines. In recent years, every place offering massage must be certified, which means that no matter where you go, you can expect the same standards. But it's still so cheap. The average price was 4 to $6 for an hour. I think the most expensive I paid was about $8 for an hour, and the cheapest was $3 for an hour. Not only is it cheap, but you're directly supporting locals with your tourism dollars, so it's a win-win situation. Always opt to support locals where you can. Travelling in the Philippines is more like travelling as a local. I only saw one Western family in Manila, and the only other places I saw tourists were in the famous areas like Oslob. By the way, I forgot to mention, the cost of swimming with the whale sharks in Oslob was about 30 Australian dollars. You could dive, but it's not that deep, and mostly the whale sharks are close to the surface. Life as a Filipino is tough. If they want to leave the country, they have to get a visa not only where they are going, but also to leave the Philippines. Also, because of its religious background, it's illegal to get a divorce in the Philippines unless you can prove yourself or the other person was mentally incapable of agreeing to marriage in the first place. 
And then if it's you, they're likely to throw you in a mental health unit. Throughout the cities, there were many abandoned construction sites, unfinished through misappropriated funds, corruption, and ultimately a lack of money. Despite their hardships, what you'll find in the Philippines is a welcoming and friendly country. Almost every day, just wandering about, locals would smile and say hello. It was handy being in a country where everyone speaks English, and often to each other, which means it's easy to find out from locals firsthand what life as a Filipino was like, and also local recommendations for things like restaurants. You'll also find perfect sugar sand beaches, crystalline water, easy access snorkeling, incredible food, cheap massages, and it's easy to get around. Overall, for a three-week trip, I spent about $3,000, including international and domestic flights, hotels, food, attractions, and massages every day, although you could certainly do it much cheaper. In fact, just talking about the Philippines and looking back over my photos, I really want to go back now. Thank you so much for listening to Travelosophy. If you have comments, suggestions, or questions, you can tweet me at Jackson. If you want to check out my photos of the Philippines, visit my travel blog at jadejackson.com.au. There's a little search icon in the top right-hand corner, or you can click on blog on the, from the menu. If you want bonus podcast episodes, digital downloads of my photos, and MP3 downloads of my poetry and short stories, then head to my Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash jadejackson. Also, don't forget to check out my other podcast, Jade Talk Stuff. Thanks again for listening to Travelosophy with Jade Jackson. Bye-bye now.